Welcome to Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Muse. I'm K-Drama Jen. I'm C.L. Kita. And I'm Carrie the Mockney. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our patrons. You can find the link in our show notes. Our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server, where we chat daily about the dramas we're watching, we participate in group watches, and basically just support each other in our drama addiction. We'd love to have you join us. Disclaimer, we are not well-versed in all things India, so this is just our opinion from watching the movie, and we don't know all of the background context, so if we sound a little uninformed, we apologize. Also... This is CL Kita, and I am recording from a different spot in my house because I have a house guest in my office. So I am going to apologize in advance if my dogs sing their song and bark, or if I shift and it sounds like the world is falling apart on my end. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Well, our topic today is we are going to be talking about the show, the movie, RRR, which you can find on Netflix, at least in the United States. That's where I found it. And it is a fictitious story, but about two real life freedom fighters and their journey away from home before they start fighting for their country in the 1920s. So it's sort of like a creative imagining of if these two freedom fighters had met. So it stars Ram Charan and N.T. Rama Rao Jr. and is a pretty epic movie. I love when you roll your R's. So I learned from my friends who know much more than I do about Indian movies. They're kind of like the ones that'll be like, hey, you should go watch this or, oh, this is a cool show. Um, so when I was asking about this and I was like, oh, it's a, is it a Bollywood movie? And they're like, no, it's not Bollywood. <laughs> I guess that was like a horrible thing to say. It's not Bollywood. <laughs> and so I didn't realize there were many different types of film locations in India, which makes sense because India is like really big and all of them have like their own languages, which the movies are filmed in. And RRR is a Telugu, mm -hmm. <laughs> a Telugu um, language, Indian action epic. And RRR is short for Rise, War, Roar, Revolt. And was directed by famed Indian director S.S. Rajamuli. He has previously had movies with both of our leads and has also held the previous high grossing Indian film record before he broke that record with RRR. So he's a very well known popular director in India and his films are getting a lot of international um, viewings. So that was kind of interesting a little Definitely. history um is this the first time so i've watched bollywood and i've watched movies in malayalam my friend is from kerala state so like southern india uh, but this is the first time that i've watched this uh telugu um language movie is it so is that your first time as well 
It is. It is. Um, I think, though, that it was dubbed in Hindi on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Or at least my version was. I'm not sure if I could find it in the actual language. I know when it came through in the theaters here, they actually had both language versions as an option to watch. I'm really sad I didn't go see it in the movie theaters. It was just at the farther away movie theater and I didn't have time. Um, But so unfortunately, I saw it dubbed. I'm not sure. I am pretty sure that whenever I watched it, it was dubbed. Okay. Um, And then probably it was dubbed. So I have not watched it in the language it's supposed to be in. Yeah, I... um... I pick up on that and I notice that they don't seem to be speaking what they're saying. And I'm pretty sure that, that what I saw on Netflix was dubbed. Okay. And I wasn't really paying attention as, as closely I the second time. Cause I was this was the second time I watched it. Yeah, tigers. I was distracted by the muscles and the tigers. <laughs> and how about those awesome facial hair? Like, man, oh my they pull off facial hair. Let me just say. Oh, Romtron's mustache was a thing of beauty. Does yeah. it have its own fame club? <laughs> it, it might. Should. <laughs> it, it should. It should. So, yeah. yeah. So now I want to go watch this guy's other films because I love me this too. one so much. So yeah, maybe that'll be a future adventure and we'll report back. Sounds like a plan. All right. So to kick off this episode, we're going to start with our traditional spoiler free section. And let's talk about why we decided to watch this movie. And I was nagged into it by Kim Muse, which wasn't hard. She sent me the trailer and said, you need to watch this. And I watched the trailer. I was like, yes, I do need to watch this. So it wasn't a difficult choice just because the trailer itself, like it doesn't give much of the movie away. And yet you still get a sense of the spirit of it. And it's just jaw dropping and intense and so over the top. And I loved it immediately. And I'm like, yes, I must watch this. Yep, same thing. K Muse uh, was like, um, so we're going to be doing a podcast on this movie. And so you should probably watch it. And I was like, I probably should. So I started watching it, loved it, was telling my husband about it. And I and he started watching it. And I was like, okay, so get to the, I was at like the 40 minute mark. I have to do some things and then I can join you. We can watch it on the big TV. Um, and I came down and he was about an hour and 15 minutes into it. Um, I was like, you were supposed to stop. So he actually rewound and we watched it together and it was so much fun. Um, I had it on my list and then K Muse was talking about it and I was like, that sounds kind of familiar. And I went and looked and I was like, oh, Hey, that's on my, when I have time, I'm going to watch it list. Um, I, as you guys probably know, I love Indian movies, love them. I'm always on board to watch them. I don't care if it's Bollywood. I don't care if it isn't the storytelling. It, it just gets me. So that was how I got in. And well, I, act- I haven't talked. <laughs> Jen, carry on. are you going to ditch me? <laughs> so sorry. Rushing. Well, 
I didn't influence myself, so I have. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I decided to watch this because I have um, several friends from India in one of my discussion groups on Twitter, and um, they were raving about this show. Uh, They are really into Indian cinema, and some of the other friends in that group are as well. And I had heard them talking about it and how it was like this epic experience. So I was hoping to get to the movie theater to go see it, but it le- left the week before I could had time to go look. And so when it became available, I was super excited because I was even like, do I try to hunt this down on like the sketchy sides? I don't know. But luckily it came onto Netflix. And so I was saved from possible sketchy site issues and was able to watch it on Netflix. And I was super, super happy because it was so much fun. And now I've watched it like twice and a few of the scenes I've watched more than twice. So. Well, I was jumping ahead because as you know, you're super excited topic to talk about (laughs) is cinematography because once again, I get to discuss cinematography first. So what made this movie unique, actually, I can say that it really was the cinematography was amazing in this movie there were so many scenes and when we get into this the uh, spoiler allowed part I want to talk in more depth but all I can say is that there were parts of this movie that just were the way it was filmed it just took you right into the moment and it was just there were so many beautiful scenes as well so I just, the colors, the, um, just so much. And we can talk more once we can spoil a little. Okay. So the cinematography, it, it felt so fake. And yet you felt like you were right there. Like you knew that this couldn't be real, but you were sucked in. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors, the, like, you could see every hair on these guys' head as their curls bounced. Um, tiger tails, dust flying in the air. It was pretty cool. Well, and I just loved how every single frame of the show was so full of movement. Like, the director's really good at, it's almost like he puts, puts a punctuation on every movement, the end. So it's like, bam, 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 you know, and you just really get involved in the transitions, whereas it doesn't matter that it's fake. And sometimes maybe the proportions are a little like skewy, like when he like grabs a bike out of the air, you know, (laughs) proportions are a little off, but it doesn't matter because they're total badasses and I don't care. So the directing was amazing. And he made those two guys look so good. Like every outfit, every hairstyle, it did not matter. They were working it. And I really appreciated all of that as a fan now. (laughs) For aesthetic reasons, of course. Of course. Yes. There was a lot of times that mama needed a fan. (laughs) a little bit and for me it was just it was the intensity it was the intensity of the action it was the intensity of the emotion it was the intensity 
of the ferocity of everything involved, which I can kind of discuss, like even the CGI, like intensely detailed, intensely, like there was so much care and passion put into this film and it just comes through in every single second. Nothing is left alone. And it's just, it's one of those things that I was trying to explain it to my husband. I'm like, it is so over the top, but it's not ridiculous. And I don't know how he pulled that off, but he did. And it just, I loved it. I loved how just big it was. Okay, I'm going to tell you how. It's because it is an epic. And we have epic heroes. Mm -hmm. The relationship between the two can be classified as epic. But if you really break down the word epic, an epic is a long narrative story. And an epic hero is somebody that is like a freedom fighter. It's someone who has um, national merit, um, somebody who, you know, potentially uh, like there's a paranormal element. These guys meet the criteria to be epic heroes. And the fact that they work together and they go back and forth, it just creates this dynamic that you're cheering for both of them. You're cheering for them individually and you just can't look away. You mm -hmm. just can't. And you're sucked into the story. It's unreal. It's over the top. It's epic. So one of the things, like I listened to several podcasts and read some reviews and this kind of stuff. And one of the um, people that were talking about it pointed out that in America cinema nowadays, we don't get those shows that hit really hard emotionally per se. We mm -hmm. have like our superhero shows, but the emotion is very, it's almost like coordinated. Like, you know, you're going to be like, oh, that's the scene they're going to bring in this element and you're going to feel something, but it, but it doesn't sink into your soul the way that films may be used to if that explains it but this one has that emotion it's not just the action which is like bombastic and over the top and wonderful it also has that deep emotion that you're just absorb these people's pain they don't try to like contain it and or it doesn't feel contrived or oh well we want the audience to emote this at this moment it was just like this the pain and the angst and the joy was so extreme, just like the action that it just was the show that was overwhelming in all the senses. And I love that we get that. And it's something that so many shows just, you don't get anymore in the current film industry where they're checking all the boxes. And I really liked thinking of it that way is it's just a very, it, hits you on all your senses and all your emotions. And I like that. Agreed. And there was a sincerity to it too. Yeah. Because they couldn't have had that depth of a relationship or the, the bond that they had without being just very sincere men. And it just, 
like it's hard to put this into words, but their bond, I mean, Epic is the way to put it because it was just, it was bigger than life. It was bigger than the two of them put together. And the two of them are larger than life as it is. We get that in their introduction, but their friendship is just, it's legendary. And I love how it's presented that way. Even though this is from like the murky, misty time before they became revolutionaries, according to history, it, you could almost see how this led up to what they did later in life because of the influence that they could have had on each other. And yeah, it just, you're right. Just the emotional depth. It just, it does. It brings you out of it. It connects you to the story. Like I almost, once I finished the movie, I was like, well, I don't know anything about Indian history. And I flipped to Wikipedia and I was like, that's a lot of history. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree with everything that you're saying as far as just these larger than life characters, but that bond that they created really just sucked us into this whole story. And it was a combination of the, like the bromance that they develop and the sights and the sounds. And you just felt like it's oddly, like felt like you were there, even though some of the things that you were seeing were so fantastic that you they couldn't really be happening. And I found myself laughing. I found myself like, like my heart clenching. I just like, and it was a back and forth, um, but it did not feel contrived. It felt like I was just having an experience. And that's what I loved about this show. So for our last spoiler-free question, Let's discuss why we think people should give this movie a try. Like, I think everyone should give this show a try. Like, if you watch the first 25 minutes and you're not 100% invested, then I say, sure, you know, go your way. But odds are you're going to be invested. Unless you're my husband who can't get past, like, whatever he can't get past. But unless you're my (laughs) husband, (laughs) you will become invested in this movie because it's just like, it's so exciting. I don't know. It's been so long since a movie has like had that oomph that has me all invested like this. So it was so much fun. Go watch it. It's there's something for everybody. There's romance, there's action, there's singing, there's butt kicking, there's bromancing, like there's everything in the show, including tigers and bears and whatnots so <laughs> and cheetahs and panthers i mean you got the whole you got the whole menagerie yeah. the whole zoo <laughs> but yeah i i would say i would put on a word of caution and say don't watch it with your kids just because there is a lot of violence in here and they don't shy away from it so like i would not like my teenagers i would probably watch it with them but my little kids not not at all but i think it's a good movie to watch with my kids in fact hmm I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) with my teenagers, I'm because it gives us a base point to discuss why people would fight back, why people would be so passionate about a cause, that kind of thing. And just well, and why people putting others down is so wrong. Like it's Mm -hmm. a wonderful way of showing how, you know, things can be just so horrible for a group of people and people ignore it so mm-hmm. yeah and plus the the emotional connection the emotional catharsis that comes through watching this movie I think 
there's nothing else like it. I think that I, I agree that I think people should give this a try. I think that, um, like I said, I convinced my husband to watch it um, and he was fully invested and we just, we laughed and we, we, you know, uh, like gasped together. And, you know, it was just, there were really fun moments in the show in the very beginning. I wasn't really sure what to expect. In fact, I don't think I looked, watched any trailers. I just came, you said to watch it and I was like, "Uh, okay, this sounds good. (laughs) So when I started watching it, I was expecting like a lot more, like a, a really serious vibe And so when things started to be like a little like, okay, I'm going to suspend some disbelief here. Um, Then I was like, oh, now I get it. Um, But I think, yeah, I think you should give it a try because it's just, it's, it was enjoyable. I just had a really good time watching. I think that people should watch this because we need heroes. We crave the happy ending and we want good to overcome bad. And whenever you watch this and the whole fact that it has two heroes, I feel like that alone should be something that would hook in a whole lot of people because we need heroes. We need heroes that are more than, you know, Spider-Man get bit by a spider and now you're great. I mean, we need people that actually save a country. (laughs) Um, And it's that thrill. It's that emotional bond, especially if you have ever been a part of an oppressed people, which I have not, but we live in a world where we're starting to talk about things more that have happened in the past and injustice and as we look to the future, you know, how, how do we want to change the world? And we need heroes. And when you watch this movie, it, you're sucked in by the heroes. That's true. Now I, as the resident MCU fan, I do have to say that we, I like the superheroes that we got because Spider-Man, especially in this last movie made some sacrifices, but that's well, neither they're here really nor there. good, but you, they are always those beats. There's always going to be, you can almost write out, okay, and this is where the hero hits a hard spot. And this is, you know, the ups and downs, you know, how that's going to flow in every single show. And that's fine because those are really good. But this one, I didn't. Yeah. I felt like this one hit very different. The ups and downs were very different. And maybe that's like an Indian film thing, the extended hours thing. I don't know. But it didn't feel quite as contrived and scheduled as an MCU film does. And a superhero is different than an epic hero. Yeah. A superhero and an epic hero, and, and it ties back to the national, um, national merit. It ties back to a superhero. He may save the world. He may save the planet. But a national hero changes life for uh, his people. And um, we need that. We need to have our everyday heroes that um, you can feel that little bit of truth in there, even though everything else is so over the top. Not that this is a true story, but you know what I mean. (laughs) What? You mean this didn't happen? 
the big fat disclosure at the beginning kind of gave it away a little bit i would say they're definitely on different levels and serve different purposes and right right and i don't watch superhero movies not for like 10 years so i get kicked out of the club for that (laughs) well we'll just say you're not an mcu fan that's fine you just need the badge slapped on you so anyway all right i think we're done we're we're good with the spoiler free we're gonna move into the spoilers now spoilers spoilers i know we need like a fancy little noise or something right here to indicate we are now in the spoiler section (laughs) i can let i can go make bruce howl no thank you (laughs) i'll go find my bell next time (laughs) anyway all right so bromance is a strong theme in this movie and how does this strengthen the narrative and i have to say i mean when you're you meet your best friend because you're on this bridge and he's riding a horse and you're riding a motorcycle and you grab this massive rope and you both jump off opposite sides of the bridge at the same time to swing underneath the, to save this boy from an exploding train you you, you bond a little bit <laughs> especially cuz you both live through it <laughs> but um i think it strengthens the narrative there's a lot of push and pull because they meet in these epic circumstances doing something that only the two of them are truly capable of, but we know from their introductions that they're capable of such a feat. I mean, with Actar slash Beam, we find him, he's capturing a tiger. That's his introduction. He's like running through the jungle after having poured blood on himself. And then with um, Raju, we see him just plowing his way through a riding crowd to catch the one guy who threw a rock and hit the ambassador or something, you know? And then, so we get that they are just both in beast mode all the time. And for the two of them, the bond absolutely makes sense. But then we also learn that they're in opposite, you know, kind of running opposite games from each other. And so it strengthens the narrative because we have the push and the pull. They're they're such good friends. They're the only two that could be each other's friends because of the whole beast mode thing. But then they're also going to be each other's worst enemy and they don't know it. And that is just amazing storytelling. Absolutely. That's the part that really drew me in is just this idea that like we can see that they are connecting like no nobody else could really connect. They they understand each other because they're equally awesome in their own ways. And yet, like even the music that's playing is like the lyrics are about, you know, like here we're wandering through the, the flowers or whatever but soon are they going to turn on each other like there's this whole undercurrent of like we are all in the know and thinking like oh boy this is not going to end well they're Mm -hmm. they they don't even know that they're they're going to end up each other's worst enemies possibly and so that that undercurrent that narrative that's happening um at the same time that we're seeing them bond so like you know, the one guy's kind of like his wingman, you know, like he's mm-hmm. helping him get the girl. And there's all of these little moments. Um, and yet we know. Um, and I think that's what is so powerful about this is that you're watching it happen and you're like, oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, no. So it's just I, I thought that was really great storytelling. I think that a lot of the bromance also has to do with the national identity of being from the same place where it's not uncommon 
to refer to someone as your brother. Um, and I mean, like you guys have mentioned, we automatically knew when there was a child in the water surrounded by fire that these two would stop everything, drop everything and save that boy. So I, I mean, I love a good bromance and this one, it doesn't die even, even when, (coughs) excuse me, things are at the hardest for these two, their bromance struggles sometimes, but it does not die. And that's a true bromance. I love that if you're in a situation and your mom's all like, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? (laughs) They could say yes, because just how they like, we have a rope, we have like a horse and a bike, let's jump off a bridge and we'll meet in the middle. And it's like, are you guys crazy? Yes, they are. (laughs) They are both insane and it's awesome. And their energy together is like 10 times more than their energy apart, which (laughs) I didn't think was possible after their intros, but they're pretty epic. And just them riding through the sunset with a bike and a horse, who knew that's what I needed? That was so (laughs) hot. You know, I'm all there for the, the bromance and the visuals and and everything else too. But man, that horse motorcycle running along the cliffside, it was gorgeous. Absolutely so, gorgeous. Kim, you, you've waited your whole life to make that jumping off a bridge statement, haven't you? <laughs> it just came to me like five <laughs> minutes ago. But yeah, because, <laughs> you know, you, everyone always jokingly is all like, are you going to jump off a cliff if your friend does it? It's like, these two yes yes they will and then they will walk along the bottom of the water and go grab each other's arms because they're manly men and they can do that (laughs) which is insane and i love speaking and i love the indian flag and it was flying majestically and saved them both it was pretty cool So speaking of bromantic moments, which moment was our favorite bromantic moment? And there were so many, but for me, um, the one that was, I thought just the most powerful was actually when, so we had the situation where, um, is it Raju? Raju. Raju. Yes. So where he was, um, bitten by the snake and he basically, he lets the, the man go and then he's like stumbling back. And there's that whole scene where he has to decide if he's going to betray his very best friend who has just saved his life or if he's going to give up his dream to, you know, try to basically save his people save his country and so like this that tension with the bromance and his like nationalistic side I just I thought I thought it was so powerful um and so even though it wasn't one of those like like sweet romantic moments which we have a many 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 of those I really for me that was like that angsty feeling was it was just so powerful All right. 
I agree. That's a really good one. I'm going to go with a sweet moment because dance with the one that brought you whenever (laughs) they go to that, when they go to that party and that Jenny invites him to, and, um, they start dancing and they're so in sync and it's so fabulous and guys are falling to the ground and they're looking at each other and, um, Raju, Raju realizes that he can't win. He's got to go down. Mm. And because he's got to let his brother look good in Jenny's eyes. Yeah. He is like, I'm not winning this. And when he takes one for the team, that was fabulous. That, That was friendship. That was a wingman and... (laughs) that's romance the the guy that's willing to um ruin someone's car for being a wingman (laughs) it's true bromance (laughs) i'll vandalize her car for you dude i got (laughs) you um my favorite moment was actually towards the end of course the horse and the that was the best however (laughs) discounting that my favorite moment was at the end. Uh, Raju is in a hole in solitary mm. confinement. And then they start like pounding the ground in that yes. to each other. Mm-hmm. And they knew it was each other. And it was just like the they're pounding back and forth. And the music is swelling. And you hear that heartbeat sound. And it's just like, this is so cool. And they are so happy to see each other. And it didn't matter. Bygones were bygones and their joy for each other just burst through the screen. And I love that scene. So that was a good moment. Mm -hmm. Mine actually follows that because um, I was rewatching their little friendship montage and they go and work out and like Raju is doing pull-ups in a tree and he's very good at it. And he's like, okay, what are you going to do? And Akhtar slash Beam. He's like, all right. And so he puts Raju on his shoulders and he's doing squats, right? So they have their own strengths. And that actually plays into that final fight because Raju's knees has been broken or extremely dislocated or something. Anyway, and so Beam puts him on his shoulders and they fight the special forces guys. And Raju's using his hands and Beam is using his feet. And, you know, he's not just running. He's using, you know, they just the way they seamlessly fight together. And I know it's like half CGI and I don't even care. It was just really, really cool to see that parallelism, how their strengths complemented each other as they defeated their ultimate en- enemy and, you know, having everything lit up by the fire and stuff. It was just, that was, that was just so, so cool. And to me, very, very powerful because I, if there's something I really love, it's complementary qualities where people are stronger together. And that was just the best way to show that. I loved it. Wow. You know, these guys, I don't think we're going to forget them very easily. Oh, never. Um, but we have to get back on track. It's easy to associate Indian films with big dance numbers. This movie had two major dance sequences. Um, mm-hmm. Which ones did we like and why? Well, it's pretty obvious which one I like um, because I loved the the party dance sequence. That was the one that it just solidified these two as a team to me. And 
So I'll throw it back to you guys because I've already really answered this one. (laughs) (laughs) I really love that dance as well. Um, I loved that it kind of felt like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers where the two men are competing against the other suitors. It had very much that kind of vibe where they had to have a dance off and outdance each other. And it was kind of fun. But I also, the second time through, really enjoyed the second one where they had all of the freedom fighters that helped um, free India on the screens behind them as they danced. Mm -hmm. And they did like kind of an honor tribute kind of thing to them. And I thought that was really cool. Not that I knew who any of them were, but I realized that that was what was happening. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it's actually kind of hard to choose choose between the two because there's the the honoring those that went before at the end in that dance. The only thing that was kind of disconcerting is because I'm pretty sure they kind of inflated Roger's muscles during the final scene. And then he's kind of back to his normal size <laughs> during the dance number. I'm like, wait, what happened to him? But um, and uh, then- it was all CGI. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It was just a little I mean- disconcerting. In that final one, you mean I'm guys aren't really it. built like that? <laughs> I'm not knocking it. It was pretty cool, but like just even their faces and everything, you could tell they were heavily CGI filmed in those yeah. in those scenes. Well, yeah, and their faces didn't even look natural. Like it was, but I didn't care because it was cool. <laughs> it was way yeah. cool. But yeah. yeah. And the, the earlier dance had its place too. I liked that too. And I was actually, I rewatched it today, that sequence. And I was laughing at the, the um, British guy who was sitting there mocking them for having just their country dances. And he's like, you don't, you have no elegance. And he demonstrates the tango and the flamenco and the swing. And I'm like, you're supposed to be English. And none of those dances are yours. Where's your elegance? So <laughs> I, I may have been yelling back at my screen a little bit, but anyway. Well, and I loved how cool it was with all the women just letting go and enjoying the party. It was, mm-hmm. it was just, all of it was just really fun. Yeah, it was, it was a great turn, a great, great way to see the two men bonding together and then Raju being the ultimate wingman. And then to see how they got everyone else at the party over on their side. That was also my favorite dance scene. The, the, like, you've got, sir, you got served kind of like dance off. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like, my husband and I were watching it and he's like, no way it's a dance off. (laughs) Um, And it was so much fun. Um, We just loved it. Well, and the way the director filmed it, like, again, you know, he would speed up and then snap like all of these on these points. So all of them were so sharp combined Mm -hmm. with the dancing style. That was so good. You know, it was just cool. It was a very well-directed scene. Agree. Super, super fun. Um, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So there were four major fight sequences in the show and there were some other really cool action sequences, but when it comes to like kind of the fighting action stuff, And I feel like we should discuss each individually because it was really cool. And I don't think we should have to choose which is our favorite. (laughs) And the first that we got to saw was, how do you say it? Beams? Beams. It was Beams intro. And we had just learned that this girl was taken from a village who had a, uh, what would you call it? Um, A protector. 
and that word on the street is that protectors coming to take the English people down. And next thing you see beam and he's dousing himself in blood. He's all shirtless and manly, manly. (laughs) And all of a sudden he just starts running and you see this wolf chasing him and you're like, okay, that's different. That's going, that's happening. And all of a sudden a tiger takes out the wolf and then he's being chased by a tiger, which you could tell he was not quite um, prepared for the whole tiger thing. But in the end, they capture the tiger. But just because he's so strong and so manly that he can pull ropes together and keep a tiger at bay. And it was like so cool. And that was his intro. And I'm not sure. I mean, the next guy's intro was also really cool. But this one was really, you just felt like, wow, this guy is something. No kidding. Well, and it was kind of funny, too, because the the Indian official who was informing the ambassador's crew that since they had taken the girl, the protector from the village was going to come get for them, come after them and come rescue her. And he's, he describes the people. He's like, they're very gentle. And then you get Beam running through the jungle and facing off with a tiger. And you're like, gentle. Yeah, that that's what he is. Except he is. He is gentle. He's also just really, really strong and intense and capable. And you believe his, in, I believed in his capability from the beginning after, well, okay. I laughed at him for pouring the blood on himself. Cause I was like, why? And then I was like, oh, he's bait. That's why. And so, but just watching how he handled the tiger and that whole introduction, it really set the stage for his character, how he can be both gentle and fierce because he's a fierce protector, but he doesn't hurt unless he needs to. And so it was just, it was, I don't know. How many times can we use the word epic in this podcast? <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing that it was, yes, this, this introduction for this character set him up as like an epic epic hero like he's running through the jungle being chased by a wolf on purpose and then realizes that the wolf is being taken out and so he has to calculate to like be able to now catch the tiger and then then we have the you know the ropes snapping and you know so he uses his gigantic muscles to pull those ropes together it was just such a great setup for who he is and what we were going to see next and he's shirtless (laughs) he certainly is and he's running and flexing and he's shirtless and there's a wolf and a tiger and he outsmarts them (laughs) and he's shirtless and (laughs) heaven forbid someone has not watched this show yet and understands how epic this is i mean i mean i know we're just repeating ourselves but he was shirtless he was shirtless (laughs) and y'all the heavens smiled down on us by them allowing him to be shirtless (laughs) i don't know i honestly it does. It, it says that whenever I first started watching this, I, I had all of these flashbacks to like, you know, the, the Odyssey. time that you were running through the jungle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm running through the jungle looking for a shirtless man. Um, 
I'll be back. Get back I'll be here, Bean. <laughs> um, That's what he was running from behind the wolf. <laughs> too old for him. Anyway, um, but it just it he's battling monsters, and these are real monsters. And what really freaks you out is when you realize the purpose of why he's mm-hmm. trying to capture these animals at the very end whenever they drive that truck in and pull the tarp off the truck and it's all these animals that he's captured because he knew he was going to have to do something drastic to save Mally. And I, you know, I need to talk for just a second. So we talk about like Raju is this, he has this intellect and he's, he's smart and we kind of don't give Beam as much credit for thinking things through he's you know he's shirtless and he's he's running and it's great but he really has um he's a simple man but he's got a master stinking plan and he's about to unleash hell on these people to get this baby back and i have to admire that agreed and he's shirtless and he's shirtless and he does it without a shirt. You know what? He does it without a shirt. And that's even better. <laughs> that was that was an excellent analysis. Because honestly, I had I had to watch this movie in chunks because we were traveling. So I got it in one hour chunks. And so I hadn't caught the fact that he was doing this all for his master plan. I was just oh, mm. I was like, oh, hey, look, um, he, animals. Yeah, yeah it, when that came together, I was like, oh, that's why. It took me so long, even when they were like feeding chunks of meat through a right. thing and p- things were growling. I was like, huh? And then I got distracted again by the romance. <laughs> and then it came out. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it. it's, I really like, I love character analysis whatever i'm an english teacher so of course i love character analysis <laughs> and i just was like "Ooh, this is good i like this so i did i did not take notes i'm not that carryfied yet hey um, <laughs> <laughs> but um i love you carrie uh-huh <laughs> but um i'm not as organized as the rest of you on some of that but that was one of the things that stuck out to me was that his introduction were kind of given almost an image of him as a brute and he's not he's actually there's there's a diabolical plan afoot and i love it yeah can we say this is like jungle smarts versus streets city smarts it is it is he he has like a like a spirituality too like that Mm -hmm. comes out later you know when when he's being beaten and just that whole connection to the land and all of that. Like, I really felt that when he was Mm -hmm. going through that. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. He is, he's kind of, he's the heart. It's almost like Roger's the head and Beam is the heart. Yes. I like it. Yeah. I feel it. All right. So we have to talk about Roger's intro then. Oh, epic. Okay. So epic. So epic. All right. So he's, He's on the British police force and he's trying to get a promotion. So we know, we know about that much. And so there's this crowd outside the fence, you know, just outside the fence, outside of the embassy or ambassador's home, something somewhere where the English are and they're upset. 
and someone in the crowd throws a rock and it hits one of the English officials. And the English official says a promotion to whoever can catch the person that threw the rock. And so we see Raju and he just pummels his way through the crowd and the director does not let up. We watch every second of Raju making his way through this crowd. He's fighting. He's throwing elbows. He's not really hurting. If I remember right, he's not really hurting people like drastically, but he is making his way through to get that guy because that promotion is everything he wants right now. And so it's just like, there's a couple of times where he goes down and you think, oh, that's it. The crowd's got him. He's gone. And then he pops up. He's got a black eye or a bloody nose, but he pops back up and he keeps climbing. And the, the guy who'd thrown the rock had run, run up this kind of hill behind the crowd. And so Roger just climbs the face of it, gets up there, steps on a few people, but he gets his guy and brings him back. And it's just like, it's like pushing believability. It, it's not really possible, and yet he makes it look possible. This was absolutely my favorite like introduction for him as far as his single-minded like perseverance and dedication to this cause when he found out that he, and it, it all comes together later. So when it's happening, you're like, who is this guy? And I, I, so I had watched the scene and then I had enticed my husband to watch by saying, it's sort of like an Indian version of like hidden tiger or crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Like it's got this moment because he like flies, you know, at, at one point through the air, like, like more of an epic, an epic, look, I said it again, like more <laughs> like, um, you know, like a Chinese uh, martial arts movie or something like that. And um, the fact that like he just pulls it off. I I thought it really showed us similarly to the way Beam's introduction shows us his potential and his character. This shows that he is not going to be stopped for any reason. I mean, they kept like, I kept thinking like, I'm not dead yet, you know, like he kept <laughs> popping back up and kept going and going and they're like hitting him and, and he gets his guy and then brings him back. Like that was just insane and washes his face off afterwards. Like crazy. He was scary and very intimidating with the mustache and everything. Like, and he was so handsome. He was like, I was just like, oh my gosh, he's like stunning. But he was so frightening because of his like determination. And yeah. It's supposed to make him seem detached from the people. Right. And like he's yeah. he's shallow because we're like, he just wants a promotion. So it's like he wants the recognition from the governor. He wants, you know, this guy is, you know, he's totally turned against his people. And that's when you watch it, you feel like there's a disconnect with his character and the world around him because he just wants to have a um promotion and it's more important to him than anything he'll sacrifice anything for this promotion and it's the most shallow stupid thing ever for somebody that we recognize is really smart and then it all falls together later on the sac that it's a sacrifice it's not a promotion it's a sacrifice mm-hmm. and i love it's that. a means to an end yeah it's- he needs it right yeah and and I just 
the storytelling was pretty tight here, guys. Oh, I yeah. mean, they 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 threw in their little twisty turnies, and I liked it. It was so good, and it was just gorgeously filmed. Like, this was the moment where I was like, wow, this director really knows how to follow the action and shift it around and make it so intense. And uh, it was an amazing scene. So. And just, yeah, the way that they followed, I mean, like, because it, it was the directing, right? So you could yeah. see the one guy in the crowd that, that Raju had his eyes on. And it was just, it was amazing. I Because there were so many people there, this like crush of humanity. And yet he had his focus on this one person. Um, how dare you throw a rock and hit the, you know, that's what my thinking was originally. It was like, how dare you throw a rock and hit this, you know, portrait or whatever it was. And, and yet like later on, all the pieces come together. It was brilliant, brilliant. So the third fight was the attack on the English ambassadors, a welcome home party um, and complete with a raging menagerie. We've talked a little bit about this, but, I, so I had all these mixed feelings because on the one hand, I knew that Raju was making a choice and things were not going to be the way Beam was imagining them. On the other, when they rip the tarp off that giant truck and all of these, I mean, CGI animals come running out, (laughs) I was like, oh. Oh, because it was like everything was com- clicking all at the same time. And I was like, that's what why they've been feeding them meat. And because I hadn't put that together mm-hmm. until that moment, I didn't realize they were feeding animals like and I was like, why? Oh, I guess they're feeding a lot of like the guy is hidden. So he's bringing, you know, like he's pushing it through the hole to feed his the hidden people or like I had ideas, but not I had no clue that was going to happen. And it was such a spectacle. I could not look away from that. And then the fighting started with like, with beam against the, you know, English officials. And then eventually when Raju comes and, oh my goodness, like nonstop action, nonstop action. I was just glued to my television. The animals, that was just, that was an amazing plot point that like we've talked about before it tied it all together but you know without that distraction they didn't stand a chance you know they didn't have the whole point is that they don't have guns they don't have any kind of weapons they've been stripped of any powers to protect themselves except wild animals I absolutely love because I watched this and I'm like, well, what's keeping them from eating him? And then all of a sudden one attacks him and then he chucks it at us. <laughs> yes. I'm like, there we go. You know, That's he's what... manly man enough that he'll be like, I can overcome accidentally getting munched or gored and I will attack anyway. You know, this is so awesome. The distraction was amazing. The destruction was so epic. And then to have... Um, Raju come in with four white horses with yes. an exploding coach behind him, backlighting him with chasing down the tigers and lions that they get out of the way. I mean, that was just like, 
holy crap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was the coolest entrance. Like, well, both of their entrances were cool, but you, you didn't think that someone could equal the menagerie explosion entrance, but the four white horse carriage explosion thing totally did. And they were so evenly matched. I love their fight against each other. Um, that scene where you have the broken water spigots and then behind him, you have the fireworks exploding and whizzing all over the place and they're clashing and fighting. And it was, it was so cool. It was so cool. Just, it was a visual feast for the eyes. Let me just say that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Oh yeah. There's a reason they use beam leaping from the truck with the animals as part of their the trailer because it is just I think I've seen it on a few posters too it's just it's that epic but it doesn't do it justice like mm. just like the trailer you're like oh cool CGI but cool but it, in the moment it doesn't do the actual events justice so. yeah because it doesn't it doesn't carry the emotion the way that the full sequence does and so yeah I, I'm not sure I can top all of y'all's praise for this. I will just say it was so hard to watch. They had fought so hard and gotten so close, and yet they weren't able to rescue the little girl. Mm-hmm. So it was like they got so close, and no. And I mean, that that was bound to happen, speaking of story beats, because you've got to have your darkness before the dawn. And if we hadn't had that point, we wouldn't have had um, Beam being strung up to be flogged and singing his song of defiance and getting the whole crowd to the point where they were ready to take on mm. the English. And so that was that was amazing. So it was hard to watch the fight and then see it come to nothing. All of Beam's planning, you know, just completely undermined. But at the same time, to get the true moment where he rises above, even as he's bleeding, he's strung and apart. refusing to kneel. Like that yes. was just like, oh my gosh, I talk about my oh my gosh bromance at its finest like you can feel Raju just like oh come on man just kneel you know and like trying to pull his legs out from underneath him and And I I like that Raju was able to see that maybe there's a different way of going about this through his friend's defiance because again you know he well and this all goes back to his childhood where his dad taught him to just shoot and keep shooting and so be so laser focused above all else. And so you don't look out of the box for different plans, you know, cause he had his plan and he was going to do that and being able to see that maybe things need to shift and he can do something else that'll equally bring things to a good conclusion without sacrificing him. His friend was pretty good. That and was pretty seeing that heart versus head once again, right? Like that yeah. he and has this, time this he meticulous made a plan. Decision. Yeah. And he could see beam like actually touching the hearts of others, like with his defiance and his song and all of that. Oh, it was amazing. And the song too. I love that Netflix translated the lyrics for us because the songs are an integral yeah. part of the story. The song talks yep. about being one with the land. So it's not a rise up and go against the English. It's actually a very gentle song, which fits with who Beam is. And it's talking about the land and being a leaf and just reminded the people of whose home this truly is and who they truly are. But in like such a gentle way. And so, you know, like an American Defiant song. No, it would be all hard guitars, loud drums, 
giving a middle finger to the bad guy, but this was a different way to do it. And like you said, it was just very much the heart's way with connecting to the people. So powerful. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's one of the things that I love how, and, and again, like what Carrie said, I feel like this, one of the things that, that we lack is our ability to have a song express things without you know wanting to hit us over the head with it um but anyway now I can finally talk about what I want to talk about (laughs) um we have the epic I'm glad we're not doing shots I was like, I, I think people could be playing a drinking game listening to us because pretty sure we've said epic plenty at least of times. 50 times. At least. We have the prison break that morphs into a battle where Raju and Beam take on the English and Raju becomes the, um, I don't think it's the emperor incarnate, but he becomes a god, like a god. Well, that's what they said in the song was he was the emperor incarnate. He oh, was like okay. the emperor. And he so gets an happened? outfit change. Uh-huh. That's magical. Um, um, <laughs> and suddenly his, you know, broken legs are healed. I mean, and shirtless. He's <laughs> shirtless. So I and I loved that every muscle was rippling. And oh, the thank ripples. heavens, whoever decided to put a bow and arrow scene in the show. <laughs> yes. <Because laughs> watching him shoot a bow and arrow is a very magical experience. (laughs) So So. what happens is Beam breaks Raju out. He he breaks him out of the hole in the ground. He finds out what's really going on. He finds out that Raju is not this machine of the English. He's trying to help his people. And so Beam goes to get him. He's like, here, buddy yanks off the grate from the hole in the ground, pulls him out and they set everything on fire and they leave to go into the jungle. And in the jungle, they find the statue of the emperor um, and it has a bow and arrow, but it doesn't just have a bow and arrow. It's a real bow and arrow. Raju conveniently takes the flags that are around this shrine and creates a fantastic outfit yes. <laughs> he's, yes. been, he's been in the school on the ground for a while and his clothes are kind of janky and yeah. so so he he now is dressed as he looks like someone who's from ancient times like an ancient warrior come out for retribution it was so fabulous oh my gosh it was so fabulous i was like ah <laughs> so, so anyway, <laughs> um, it's just this, the battle really begins. So now guy in a tux with this team of soldiers out to get these two men, but they were and the it, elite team. It was the, <laughs> oh, the elite team. Oh my gosh. They were the elite team because they had leaves on their helmets. <laughs> <laughs> And they got trounced. Yeah. So, yeah and, it was, as- and it was so creatively done, whether it was arrows to the head or arrows shooting grenades or, you know, an arrow going through a tree and then him kicking the arrow into the head of the person. 
<laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's the, it's the the whole juxtaposition and the comparison of the bullets, which the English governor had been going on and on and on about how you know Indian people weren't worth an English bullet, and they don't attack the English with English bullets. They use this bow and arrow, and Raja keeps reusing arrows. He yanks them out of people and uses them again. It was so good. Oh. Oh. And I love how everything just implodes. Everything is exploding. Everyone's being butchered. They kill the people that are on top of the bike and the horse and the bike and a horse come back into play. It's so good. It's just, yeah. And then they, they impale the evil witch who stole the kid on... Oh, did she get impaled? I thought yeah. she just fell. Oh no, she she well, got she, the big well, one. She, she fell, fell and got impaled. impaled herself. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. I might have been distracted. And then Works for they me. shot the Englishman with that all-important bullet that was mm-hmm. too expensive. So I well, it was so good. Yeah. And the thing is, is I was waiting for the because the governor's wife was so bloodthirsty. She was terrible. And I was actually, I was looking up some of the actors for this and she played the German spy in the Indiana Jones, the one that turns, oh, do you think she's a professor? Oh, wow. That uh-huh. is her. I just yeah. thought she looked familiar for no random reason that it was just a blonde, <laughs> but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, she's so totally. She's, yeah. She was the one after the Holy Grail and, and betrayed everyone. I'm like, oh, how fitting. She knows how to play this role. I'm going to say, I was really impressed on how good the governor character was mm-hmm. i actually appreciated he came across as very evil but very competent for the most part mm-hmm. that whole scene where he gets bounced out of his car <laughs> and he shoots at the same time that was kind of cool that it was, was cool cool you know because it wasn't ready for the he gets his comeuppance but it was interesting to see him that he was a fighter himself even mm-hmm. though he's older and now no longer fights, you can see why he is so, you know, he's very competent in killing people. I was so. so mad when he survived that ambush attempt, though, and took charge and actually shot at people. I was like, wait a second. But then we wouldn't have had the really awesome ending. Well, yeah, so. I know. But still, I can be mad at him. He's the enemy. I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that whole the whole battle from the prison break through the end of the movie it was just it's incredible. And one of my favorite parts actually was again, because like I said earlier, I like the complimentary strengths thing. And so it's when Beam has Raju on his shoulders and they take out the guards, they swing up the prison tower and take out the guards up there. So Raju's holding onto the tower, they swing up and then Beam kicks and takes the guards down. I don't know why, but that one stuck with me. I'm just like, that was kind of cool. Was so unbelievable and still so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of those moments where the um, proportions were slightly off and then where they I like, still jumped it. over the wall. But again, the proportions were slightly off, but it was cool. <laughs> you, you hush. I don't want to notice that when I go back to watch it. So did we like how the show ended? I did. I liked that everyone got their happy ever after. It was like that emotional little cherry on top of the Sunday. And I loved that we got that last exit song with all of the Freedom Fighter tributes and the scenes of the people getting all the guns and everything. It was really good. 
I, it was the perfect note to send off the show, in my opinion. So thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.